You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Goat. As always, is my co-host, Matt, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt. FF Dynasty. Good evening, Matt. How are you today? I'm very good, thanks, Kev. What about yourself? Yeah, not bad. Just been enjoying the recent uh, pro days, etc. Um, yeah. I noticed uh, <laughs> your boy, your boy Michael Carter had a bit of a mad in it, but um, no, I don't know. It weren't that bad. Everyone, everyone needs to calm down. I think really to need to calm down a little bit. I guess the good news is that he's probably going to fall to a a spot where it's more attainable for you to have 100% ownership in all your leagues. So it, it, that, anyway, it, it was happening anyway. It was happening anyway. It doesn't matter what happened at Pro Day. It could have had the best Pro Day I've ever seen. I was still getting him in every league. So don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Matt. Well, we've got a fantastic show tonight. We've got an amazing guest and a couple of massive announcements for Fantasy Wildcard. So speaking of our guest, he's a dynasty writer for the Touchdown and King Fantasy Sports. He's also a firm advocate of doggy coin, and he's a close friend of the show and a fantasy wildcard hype man. You can follow him on Twitter at FF Dynasty Grill. Making his live stream debut, we give a wildcard welcome to the Dynasty Grill, aka Ali Cook. Welcome. Hi guys, how you get? How you get, getting on? Yeah, all good. Thanks. All good. We're uh, it's a hot we're... one today, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Bringing the fire today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll make a, a rubbish uh, hot joke with you being the, the Dynasty Grill, so apologies for that. Um, but yeah, like like I said, we've got a very special show tonight. We've got two huge announcements for Fantasy Wildcard. So uh, first of all, we're, we're super excited to be teaming up with Silver FX, bringing you our brand new Fantasy Wildcard merchandise, which Matt is uh, kindly... Uh, modeling tonight, he's he's modeling again. I know he used to model for Matalan in the past. Uh, <laughs> he was he, he was Doncaster Baby of the Year, nineteen ninety one or two. Can't remember. Ninety two, yeah, ninety two, winner, <laughs> champion. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, Silver FX will also be sponsoring each show moving forward, so please do check them out on Twitter at SilverFX underscore Sports and that's www.silverfx.co.uk. We do have a discount code as well until the end of March, which gives 20% off and free worldwide shipping. And the code is MAR21. Please do get involved and support the show and support SilverFX as well. Thank you very much. And then secondly, we have got some landmark news tonight. This will shape the future of Fantasy Wildcard. Me and Matt, we've been a double act since late last year until now. We're delighted to announce our third co-host who will be joining us from tonight. Of course, it's the Dynasty Grill, Ali Cook. Welcome to yes. the team, Ali. How are you feeling about that? Well, I'm very, very excited. Yeah, love it. Been big fans of yours for a long time, so to, to come on the pod is is amazing. But <laughs> for you to ask me to join is incredible. Yeah, I think the feeling's mutual. We've uh, we've we've seen you work um, across the, the websites you're on, the Touchdown and King Fantasy Sports, and we see all of your hot takes on Twitter. And uh, we're delighted to have you on board. It's a superb addition to the team, and 
um, yeah, you're, you're already a nicer guy than our old co-host Rich. Who, uh, I'm hoping he's watching. I'm hoping he's watching to see that. But uh, <laughs> uh, just just welcome to the team from me. And anything extra from you, Matt, on on the addition of the grill? No, I think it just made sense, didn't it? Obviously, me and you have been doing this together. We had Rich and. Obviously, sadly, Rich had to step away, so it made sense. We, we brought someone in, and who better to bring in than Ali, who obviously, you just said, is brings fantastic content on Twitter, and he had his uh, pod debut the other week with uh, Dynasty Island, I believe, so just absolutely thrilled to, to be able to welcome him on. I, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I can see Rich has already <laughs> commented. He's uh, clearly fuming at me. Rich, it was Rich. Some... It was... Who's rich? Who's that guy? <laughs> I'll be getting some um, some bullying in my DMs now, but it's uh, it's all good. I won't make it up like some. Uh, so yeah, in in terms of the the show today, we've got a, a great one. Um, we'll be getting Ali to give us an insight into his dynasty mind, where he'll be highlighting a selection of post free agency dynasty buys and sells. So. Without further ado, we'll jump straight in with your first dynasty by Ali. Who have you got? So, unfortunately, my first two are both Cowboys, which uh, won't please a lot of people. <laughs> but... I know. <laughs> You're talking to Start a Giants fan and, and, and an Eagles fan. <laughs> the wrong team from the East, isn't it? Um, but the first the first player is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and I think he's one of them players where you either love him or you hate him. Um, and I think, actually... The fantasy community has fallen out of love for Zeke uh, the last sort of year or so. His current his current ADP is is the RB twelve, um, which is is now below guys like Antonio Gibson, Derek Henry, and Cam Akers. Uh, whereas sort of this time last year he was the the ADP RB three, only behind Saquon and, and Christian McCaffrey. Um, so you're actually able to to draft Zeke now. In, in round four of startups, Superflex startup leagues, which I think is really good value. Um, he signed a, a, a big six-year contract, uh, which is up to the 2026 season, uh, but I think they can have an out uh, at the end of 2023. Um, so so you've got him for at least a couple of years, uh, especially now with Dak re-signed. I think uh, the two are going to cook uh, over the next couple of years. Um, they started off really well at the start of 2020 season. Um, through four weeks, Dak was actually the, the QB1 and, and Zeke was the, the RB4. So they were both sort of in line for really big seasons. Uh, but once once Dak went down, it sort of all fell apart. Um, <clears throat> the offensive line didn't help. PFF have ranked them the 27th best O-line, which is obviously not very good. And then the saviour was, was Andy Dalton, I'm afraid. And he couldn't, he couldn't get it done. Um, so, with that in mind, I just think his his value now is is just a bit too low. Um, people have sort of got the hype with the twenty twenty rookie running backs, um, so they've shot above him. So I, I really think you can you can now trade for Zeke at a fair cost, and you can um, you can draft him. At, you know, you can you can get him in round four, which means you can probably take someone like an Acres or a Gibson or a Swift uh, sort of as your RB1 and he can be a decent RB2. So how do you two see him? 
Yeah, I, I fully agree with this one, Ali. I know Kev will probably be laughing because I spoke it up in mid-season. I said I was buying Zeke when, obviously, as you said, when Dalton come in and, and his performances started to dip. I weren't buying it. I weren't having that, that Zeke were, were ready to fall off that cliff. So, yeah, I'm fully on board with this one, Ali. Um, as you just mentioned, obviously, he's a consistent RB1 in fantasy. Uh, finishes the RB7, and that's despite not having Dak for two-thirds of the season, uh, obviously, when he went down week five. Um, as you mentioned, completely unbelievable start to the season. I think it was the RB3 through the first five games and averaging 22.3 fantasy points per game. So when you're talking about a running back, that's that's basically what you need and what you want from your running back. Um, and he was on pace, finishes the RB2 from from those first five games. Obviously, it's a, a small sample size, but it just goes to show what a, what a great start to the season he made. As you say, obviously, Dak then went down and, and with Dalton coming in, his production took a dip. But when you're just talking about Ezekiel Elliott, he's just such a tough runner, a guy that you know he can handle that that heavy workload. And then he obviously contributes through the air as well. He had 52 receptions last season, which was eighth amongst running backs in 2020. So, again, showing that he's just a true workhorse. We know how there's hardly any true workhorses that left in, in the NFL anymore. Obviously, it tends to be more of a committee. So, to be able to grab somebody like Zeke, I think, it's a no-brainer. You just mentioned about if you can get him in round four, that means we're talking about him being probably your RB2, which is just it's unbelievable to think of after you just mentioned he was, he was going as the RB3 overall um, in the off-season. So, yeah, I just think his value is just it's unbelievable at the minute. ADP of RB12, and that's despite, obviously, he's still only 25 years old. You mentioned the contract, so he's got that job security and obviously Dak as well re-signing. I just think all the signs just point to a, a bounce back for Zeke and he's definitely somebody that um, I'm, I'm going to be buying this off-season while the community is so low on him. So I'll throw a question back to you, Ali. Um, as I say, with this hype of the of the incoming class, um, how much would you pay to acquire Zeke if we're talking in terms of the 2021 rookie picks? So I think for me, Zeke is that perfect uh, buy if you're on a contending team. Um, I'd, pr- I'd probably be happy giving up something like 103, 104, if I was really going for it in 2021. Um, so I actually did do a deal recently where I, I gave up Joe Mixon and an early second, and I was pretty pleased with yeah. with that. Um, what would you two be, um, want to pay for Zeke in terms of rookie picks? Uh, I'll, I'll take this one. I'll say, yeah, you, you're probably spot on with that one. I think this this rookie class, I don't think it's actually as, as, as strong as well, I think it's becoming common knowledge now that in the running back class, outside of probably the top top three, maybe four guys, if we're going to include Michael Carter. Um, yeah, I just, I, <laughs> it's just not that strong. I think there's only really Najee Harris that I'd probably take over Zeke. Um, and even that, I think I'd rather just have that, that proven uh, productivity that you know you're going to get with Zeke. So, yeah, I think the 103, that's probably about where Najee Harris is probably going to go in Superflex League. So, yeah, I think that's spot on. Yeah, I think it's similar for me. I think 102, 103, depending on... Um, I think depending on Jamar Chase, for me personally, I have him right up there really high. Uh, but yeah, if you need a running back, anything around the 103 mark is, is spot on for Zeke. I think, um, just coming back to your initial point on him being a, a dynasty buy, I'm, I'm fully on board at that. I'm currently going on the free fall turning dynasty superflex startups. Um, I do expect his ADB to rise through the off-season with the re-signing of Dak. Um, 
at that cost that I am on board with Zeke, he's currently my running back eight. And like Matt said, the contract gives him the certainty you want to be tied to this elite offense in Dallas. Uh, longer term, I do worry. Um, Zeke's totaled 1,654 touches in the NFL, which for context, people saying the Cliffs coming for Derrick Henry, who's had almost 400 less touches in the NFL. Um, so I do think uh, Zeke's got one more elite season in him, despite being uh, just just 25. Uh, but if I am taking Zeke, I do want to pay him with a younger guy, like you mentioned, Ali. The uh, combination of Antonio Gibson would be spot on. Also, a incoming rookie like uh, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne would also be um, ideal for having that um, having that split between them. So, my personal preference is to avoid having two older starting running backs, especially in a startup. Otherwise, it's really hard to move off them, and you end up having to replace both of them in the first couple of years of your dynasty. So, um, I'll throw a question out to you, Ali. In terms of your dynasty strategy, how much priority do you put on ensuring you have a blend of different ages in your starting running backs, if at all? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty imperative. The the running back position is sort of the position where you see the most turnover. Uh, you see the <clears throat> the average age of running backs that they start to fall off, you know, the cliff at sort of age 26, 27. So you want to keep replacing them quite often, to be honest. Um, but yeah, if you can, I wouldn't really fancy him as my RB one. But if you if you could have him as your RB two with a younger guy like any of the, the twenty twenty running backs, then I'm perfectly happy. So I think it's definitely imperative that you you don't have two two old running backs. Um, I think they're they're really quite hard to shift once once they hit that sort of twenty six twenty seven age. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think it's it's pointless, isn't it, really? You, you do your dynasty start-up, you get 12 running backs, and then year two, you've got no running backs. It just <laughs> defeats the object, really, of trying to build a dynasty. It's not redraft, is it? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, fully agree with that. Any final thoughts from you, Matt, on Zeke, before we move on to another cowboy? <laughs> I just think what we've just said, I think, is is a, is a glaring by him. Just talking about that, that strategy, I agree with what you both just said. I think... If you are going to have somebody like Zeke, you, you want to be pairing him up with a, a younger running back. Ideally, you want to be grabbing two. The, the more younger running backs you can get, the better for me. You know, obviously, how much I, I love that, especially this 2020 class that's obviously just come out. With. It's absolutely stacked. If you can get a couple of those guys, then I think you're laughing for a, for a good few years. And, and even with Zeke, I think he's still got a good couple of years left in him. Um, obviously, we've not really mentioned Tony Pollard. He started to have a little bit more of a role last year, but I think I just I just can't. I can't not be in love with Zeke, to be honest. His workload, it's just, it's so productive. It's, it's just the ideal running back um, when we're talking about a workload. And as I say, there's there's not many workhorses about. So I'm happy to grab to grab Zeke where I can. Smashing. Well, we've got the next dynasty buy of Ali's. Um, I just want to throw a disclaimer out there that Ali doesn't spot the Dallas Cowboys. I know he's, he's uh, picked out two. Cowboys players as Dynasty buys. He is a Bucks fan, as I'm sure you know if you follow him on Twitter. Um, so yeah, who's your second Dynasty buy, Ali? Uh, so it's it's a guy that I've been quite frustrated to own. It's it's Michael Gallup, um, and he's sort of official, he's behind CD Lamb and Amari Cooper now on the depth chart. But it's not for lack of talent for me. I think he's he's a really good receipt all round receiver. He's that deep threat. He can come inside. Um, he's got it all, really. Um, his, his current ADP in Superflex is the the uh, is the wide receiver forty nine um, behind the likes of 
Gabriel Davies, Jaden Rager and Denzel Mims, um, which I think is pretty unlucky, really. I think if he was on another team, that certainly would be higher. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty frustrating own uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, so he had a really big 2019 uh, where he was the wide receiver 22. Um, he was sort of going neck and neck with Amari Cooper. Um, but then um, old Jerry Jones couldn't resist in the draft, could he? And he pulled the plug on CD Lamb. He couldn't help my, my Michael Gallup shares. Um, but yeah, I think he's a very good all-round receiver. For me, he's the most versatile of the three. Um, but I just don't think they're not using him as, as well as they probably could be. Um, another thing, I'm, I'm not the biggest Amari Cooper fan. So I think he's better than Amari Cooper. But, but yeah, it's going to be one of these two who leaves at the end of... Uh, 2021 season um so it's pretty 50 50 at the minute um if if Gallup is the one to leave hopefully he lands in a decent spot if Amari Cooper is the one that they don't extend then happy days he's you know he's the wide receiver too on a, a high flying offense so so really I think uh his value is only going to go up this time next year yeah I'm a, I'm a bit like yourself Ali I'm I've got plenty of shares of Gallup and I was getting him just before that 2019 season. Obviously, he had a great year and I was hoping that could carry on. But as you say, as soon as they drafted CD Lamb, you just you just know it wasn't going to end well for, for Gallup. Um, talking from 2020, obviously, the the injury to Dak didn't help Gallup, uh, like we just mentioned with Zeke. Um, and as we've said, the, the CD Lamb situation just absolutely killed any, any hope that we had and, and capped his ceiling. Um, yeah, I agree. I think he is the, the wide receiver three on this deck chart now. Um, but we have seen flashes for him, as you mentioned, that, that wide receiver 22 uh, performance in 2019 just, just shows uh, the talent that he does have. Um, but but with that 2020 season, his value has just completely crashed. Wide receiver 49. I think it's it's a glaring buy opportunity for if we're just going to go purely on, on talent. Um, you've just mentioned how it is such a high-powered offense. You, you know that Dak's going to be throwing the, throwing the ball plenty, but... With him being behind uh, Cooper and, and C.D. Lamb, it's, it's just going to really struggle, I think, to, to put up the numbers that he did in, in 2019. Um, you just mentioned about the, the contract situation for Cooper, so it does look being a bit of a shootout between the two on on who stays beyond next season. Um, so, yeah, I think he is a, a great pickup while his value is so low. Um, and then you're either hoping that he can have a bounce-back season in 2021. If not, we're either hoping that Cooper moves on or that he moves on himself and lands in a bit of a better, better situation where maybe is the, the wide receiver one or at least the wide receiver two on a team. Um, so so what's your feelings on comparing him just to Cooper and Lamale? Do you, do you think he can outperform either of those guys next season? Well, if I was a betting man, I'd probably say no, um, but I don't think he's going to be far off. Um, again, I can see CD there making a bit of a leap this year. Um, Amari Cooper is always going to score you touchdowns, but he's quite streaky um so to me i'd be throwing cooper the book i mean gallop the ball a lot more um so yeah i, I can see them being fairly equal uh probably cd's going to be the top receiver in 2021 but but i can see him being neck and neck with cooper i, I really think it's a shootout between those two who stays on the uh the franchise next year yeah, I really like the touting of Gallup as a, a dynasty buy at his wide receiver five costs for a couple of reasons. I think, first of all, it's cheap exposure to a powerful offense for fantasy tied to Dak. Uh, you've got one injury to Amari or CD away from a massive jump in value in the short term. 
And then, like you, like you both said, the uh, the fifty fifty shot that the Cowboys move on from Amari Cooper and keep Gallup at the end of the year. Um, I do think there is a fair chance that Gallup does leave at the end of twenty twenty one, which for me personally would crush his dynasty value. I see him more of a situational producer in an elite offense rather than an elite talent. Uh, plus, I do think anyone expecting this offense to keep the pace it did in those first four and a half games with Dak last year will be sadly disappointed. But as you mentioned, at a wide receiver five cost with a best case scenario that it could potentially be a dynasty wide receiver two or three should Amari leave and Gallup stay. I think he's well worth going after in your dynasty league. So um, if by my worst case scenario, Gallup does end up leaving Dallas, uh, where would you be on Gallup in Dynasty? And is there any preferred landing spot for him? So, as a, as a bit of a truther, I'd probably be buying him again, um, where I don't own him. Own him. Um, and again, his price would probably be less than it is now. Uh, it depends where he lands. If he was on somewhere like Green Bay or, or New Orleans right now, then his value would be obviously a lot higher. So, then potentially would be, would be perfect landing spots for him. Um, where his value would increase, there's obviously a risk, but um, but I think the talent will shine through, and I think um, someone will pick him up. Um, I think yeah, I think his covered is enough where he will he would be given a substantial enough role in 2022. Yeah, and he's shown it in the other season where he was a top 25 wide receiver. That if he lands in a, a decent spot and he's getting the volume, that he could potentially be that guy. Um, you mentioned the. New Orleans Saints as a potential landing spot. That brings us nicely on to our next dynasty buy for you, Ali. I like that one. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it might be a bit of a surprise. And it's, it's not the um, the most coveted receiver. It's Traquan Smith. Um, now, he's going to be obviously a lot cheaper buy than the other two. Um, and for me, it'd be a bit of a short-term investment. Um, so I get to see Traquan Smith twice a year obviously playing against my Buccaneers and I've always been pretty impressed with him what he can do um his his ADP is, is the wide receiver 93 which is sort of free pretty much he's behind the lights of MVS Julian Edelman and and James Washington which is pretty surprising um with an upgrade at quarterback I think we all know it's probably going to be Jameis Winston for the season um Jameis obviously likes the deep the deep ball and so that will fall right into to Traycon's lap, hopefully. Um, we saw last year he, he wasn't effective with uh, with Drew Brees or Taysom Hill, really. Uh, Brees can throw a, a, a ball past the sort of 20-yard mark. Um, and he, he did have a few injury problems as well. Um, the Saints have cut Emmanuel Sanders. So he's, you know, taking a promotion up the depth chart to wide receiver two at the minute. Um, he, he finished as wide receiver 73 last year, but only played 14 games and, and most of them were with Drew Brees. Um, so I think his potential is, we saw in the NFC uh, divisional game against the Bucks that he, he scored two big touchdowns um, and, and one of them was that big play from Jameis. So we've seen what can happen. Um, I'd be hoping to, to buy him cheap now and then if he hit it off with Jameis early in the season, look to flip him for some rookie picks during the season. Uh, so you'd probably get him for as much as, as little as a, a third, fourth round pick right now, which which I would pay 100% of the time. So how do you two feel? 
Yeah, I mean, you definitely caught me off guard with this one, Ali. I didn't see you picking somebody like Traquan Swift for a buy, but yeah, I can fully understand the reasoning behind it, and I, and I can see why you think he's, he's somebody to target. You just mentioned, obviously, Emmanuel Sanders uh, moving to the Bills. That now probably does push Smith up to the, the wide receiver two on the depth chart, and as you say, he's, he's shown flashes in the past. Um, Winston re-signing is obviously a, a big plus for, for all the wide receivers on, on the Saints. Um, however, I do have a little bit of concern when it comes to to Jameis Winston, I, I don't think we're going to see the the Winston that we saw with the with your Buccaneers. I think Sean Payne. I don't think it's it's going to sit right with him if if Winston's out there slinging picks week after week. I, I just I can't see him sticking sticking with Winston. Obviously, we know how much he, he loves Taysom Hill as well. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see if Winston does start the season and he is giving giving games away by throwing interceptions. Then I can fully see see Payne and just just thinking this is not working and, and moving back to. To somebody that he likes in in Hill, and then obviously if Hill, Hill does become the starter, I mean, oh dear, I mean it's not good for for any player on on the Saints. I'm, I'm, we, we saw a little glimpse of it last season, and I did not like what I, what I've seen, especially as somebody that's got Kamara in a lot of spots as well. Um, it's just something that that we we don't really want. Um, so yeah, I, I also wouldn't be surprised to see the, the Saints grab a, a wide receiver in the draft as well. I think we're talking about a team that's that's always in the playoffs it seems every year they seem to be making the playoffs and arguably this is probably the, the weakest part of the of the entire franchise I think wide receiver so I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him to grab a, a wide receiver maybe not not early but I can definitely see him grabbing one maybe in, in the third round potentially even the second round so that would be my only concern and that's obviously going to going to move Smith down to the wide receiver three but as you say that ADP of wide receiver 93 is, is basically a free dart throw um, if, if everything falls into place and, and we get Winston for the full season, uh, they don't draft a, a wide receiver and Smith is the wide receiver too, then who knows? It, it, the sky could be the limit for, for somebody like Smith. We know how good a, a deep ball um, receiver he is and how great he is in, in, in the deep game. So, yeah, he's got a great upside and he's well worth a shot. So what what do you think his ceiling is, Ali, if, if Winston is the start in 2021? Well, like you say, he's... He's only a few uh, intercept, interceptions away from being pulled by by Sean Payton. I think um, you know uh, how much he loves. Um, what's his I forgot his name now. Taysom. He's Taysom Hill. Um, we all want to yeah. forget about Taysom Hill, Valley. <laughs> yeah, I've never liked the guy. Um, so yeah, and and also the risk is the Saints have got them picks on day two, so he he could they could easily draft a wide receiver. Um, to compete against against Traquan. Um so so really you got you gotta hope that he, he starts the season off well. Um he could have that chemistry with with Winston. Uh, they've both been there for last season. Um so he's probably sort of the wide receiver three, four range is probably his ceiling. It's not gonna be nothing too dramatic. Um but yeah I'd hope to flip him is uh before the before the season finishes. Yeah I think when I saw this uh his name on the show sheet, I was immediately like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flame the grill when he comes on. But um, I think you, you made you made a really good point that getting him at that price and your your strategy, your plan is to look to flip him early on. I think that's ideal. Um, as Matt said, he has got a few landmines to avoid in in terms of the draft that the Saints have four picks on the first two days of the draft. Um. And and I do get the concerns regarding the uh, the QB situation that maybe Taysom does steal some 
looks or even steal a starting job. We know that Sean Payton's got this obsession with him, which I, I don't quite see, but um, he does seem to get plenty of opportunity. Um, I guess what you're paying for him and the strategy you've mentioned, I think it's I think it's all right to be doing that. Um, it's not something I personally do. I think my strategy probably to wait till I'm on the clock in my rookie drafts and see if I'm in the mid-third, late-third, maybe that's the time I'd look to move for Traquan Smith if there's not a wide receiver in the on the board that you, you quite fancy. It might be a cheap alternative to get something that you can look to flip and gain a bit of value on. Um, yeah, I mean, Traquan has flashed over his first three years. I don't see the, the leap incoming myself, but with that strategy, if he does avoid uh, one of those early round wide receivers, his value is going to shoot up, I think. So I, I, I'm, I believe he is anticipating to be a starter currently as it stands as other guys there like Marquez Calloway. Um, but but yeah, outside of Michael Thomas, it's, it's wide open in the, in the wide receiver car. So um, obviously you're higher on Traquan than me and Matt. Uh, if he doesn't break out this year though, is there anywhere outside of New Orleans that you think he could salvage his dynasty value, or is he done? Well, you've got to hope. There's always a market for a, a pure deep threat in the NFL. So I think, he, given his age, he probably gets one more shot on a on a cheap contract. Um, but yeah, um, hopefully you see there a couple of booming touchdowns with with Winston enough to to make another team interested if if he's not. Resigned, um, but yeah, hopefully by mid-season I'd have flipped him anyway. Um, so hopefully I wouldn't be bothered where he ends up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, is there a landing spot that you'd like for him if he if he doesn't work out in New Orleans? I think it's a tough one, really. I just say he needs to have a good a good twenty twenty one season. I think. I mean, if if he is the wide receiver too and he still doesn't perform, I, I just think that's it. I can't, I can't imagine him, him sticking around in the NFL. I think it, it all comes down to the season, which you could say is a, a positive to own him. He's got something to prove. If he's the wide receiver, wide receiver two on this team, then he knows he needs to go out and perform. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be a great little buy. And, and the, the strategy that Ali's just suggested about grabbing him and then, then flipping him on mid-season, I think that's the right way to play it. That's the... If you are having him as a buy, I think this is why you've got to have him as a buy. Just hope that Winston comes out, slings it all over. We get a, a big start, um, a great start from Smith, and then and then move him on. Um, but yeah, beyond 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 this season, I'm I'm not too excited about him. Let's just, let's just put it that way. <laughs> I don't know why, but when I was thinking of Traquan Smith, when I asked that question to Ali then about potential landing spots, I, I was just laughing to myself thinking the Chiefs because they've <laughs> swung a, swung and missed on every wide receiver going this offseason yeah. I think um I mean it's probably better than Michael Hardman already but we'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day um but, but sticking sticking in the AFC West I guess is our next uh, wide receiver uh, well dynasty buy but also wide receiver buy from Ali yes it is um so it's Jerry Judy um so I was I was big on on Judy coming out in 2020. He was my wide receiver too, only behind CD Lamb. Um, his current ADP is is the wide receiver 27, um, which has dropped. He was at the wide receiver 20 last year, so he's already got a bit of value there. Um, we've seen how good a route runner he is. Um, it's something that made me fall in love with him. Uh, but once Sutton went down, 
sort of all the pressure was on him and Fant to try and carry the offense, which fortunately he couldn't do. Uh, he, he had his struggles, whether it was the quarterback play or whether it was he suffered with quite a few drops, but um, a lot of the balls weren't exactly catchable. Um, he finished as the wide receiver 47, um, and he only caught 46% of his passes, um, which was obviously pretty terrible. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've put a lot of that down to Drew Locke, um, and you've only got to look at Locke's stats to see that I don't like Locke, and he's, <laughs> I don't think he's really cool there. Um, but yeah, Judy's only 21 years old at the minute, so... So that I, I still think not exactly the sky's the limit, but there's there's a lot of upside with Judy. Um, I think the return in Sutton actually helps. Um, I, I think it helps take sort of the, the pressure off him and, and takes the, the defense, the coverage away from from Judy slightly. Um, so I think it, that will help as well. And and I'm just hoping and praying that the, the Broncos see sense and they upgrade a quarterback, whether it's through the draft or or a free agent. Um, so, yeah, how do you see him? Yeah, I mean, as you say, he had a, an okay rookie season, finishes the wide receiver 47. Um, but as you mentioned, he, he was just thrown into an expanded role because of obviously the injury to, to Colton Sutton in week two. Um, made a hot start to the season, though, averaged 11.2 fantasy points per game, which I think um, for the first 10 weeks, which I think is solid for, for a rookie that's just been thrown in at the deep end. Um, but then it cooled a little bit towards the end of the season. You just mentioned, obviously, it wasn't helped at all by by Drew Locke. You're preaching to the choir when when you're slamming Locke because me and Kevin we're definitely not fans of Locke. Let's put it that way. But yeah, suffered with the drops as well as, as you've just mentioned. Um, he's obviously going to have to to battle Sutton and, and Fan going into 2021. But as you say, I think that could maybe be a positive for for Judy to take a little bit of the attention away from him and. And let him be able to to run those routes, as you just mentioned, is probably the best route run out of the twenty twenty rookie class for me. Um, I know I was I was quite high on him as well. I think I had him as more wide receiver three or four in my rookie rankings. Um, but yeah, I think he's it, found a little bit of value because obviously of the other incoming rookies like Jefferson, uh, Lamb, Higgins, Ayuk, etc., all having big uh, rookie seasons. It's something we're not really used to when we talk about rookie rookie wide receivers. So yeah, it's it's definitely. It's definitely put a little bit of value, I think, onto onto Judy. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's the prospect, obviously, that, that Denver could grab a, a quarterback in this year's this year's draft. But do you actually think that they, they go out and, and grab a quarterback, Ali? And and if they don't, and they do stick with Locke, how does that uh, alter your view on on somebody like Judy? Uh, to be honest, I really hope they go aggressive. <laughs> In the draft, I, you see a lot of mocks where they they trade up for a quarterback, and hopefully that's that's the case somewhere. Like a, the I think the four slot is is where the Falcons, Falcons are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think they trade out of that, and I, I think they're probably not going to trade with Carolina. So so Denver's a, a prime target for that four spot, which is probably someone like a Trey Lance or someone's going to fall there. So so yeah, hopefully they go aggressive, um, or or they trade for someone like a Sam Darnold, which would be an upgrade in my eyes to to lock, um, but yeah, if they stick to lock, then it's probably oh dear for another season. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Ali. I think Judy's a buyer is ADP of wide receiver twenty seven. Um, I've actually changed my tune a little on Judy. He was actually my rookie wide receiver five post draft last year. However, that was based one hundred percent on analytics, and since then, I've actually incorporated film grades into my model where he's now jumped up to the wide receiver three post-NFL draft. 
Obviously, the rookie season was disappointing for a number of reasons that you alluded to, but a couple of key metrics that stood out to me were sixth in air yards and 105th in catchable passes. It just shows that the targets he was getting uh, was on the intermediate to deeper outs, but the quality was so far from future tour guide Drew Locke and the other guys that filled in, Driscoll, Ripian and Kendall Hinton. Um, they desperately need a new QB, and I truly believe this offseason they will get one, uh, whether it be, like you mentioned, a trade-up in the draft or a veteran trade like Sam Darnold or another guy I'll throw out there, Gardner Minshew, who I actually think would be an upgrade on Drew Locke, which is laughable. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm buying into the talent of Jerry Judy. I likened him to a Stefan Diggs-type prospect coming out. Uh, so do you believe that Judy has the talent to have a Stefan Diggs-type fantasy career? And can he be a top three dynasty wide receiver from last year's class in time? Well, I think if you'd have asked me this the same time last year, I would have said 100% yes. Um, I'm now having my doubts a little bit, but I, I think most of it was was the quarterback play. Um I think he, I think he can hit them heights, um, and I think this year we'll, we'll probably say a lot about Judy himself. Um, and then if they, if they upgrade at the QB position, then, then yeah, I can really see him hitting, hitting them heights. Um, in terms of my, my twenty twenty class, um, I don't think it's going to reach probably the Lamb, Jefferson, or Higgins heights because um, I'm, I'm really big on those three guys. But, but yeah, he could probably not far off. Diggs, Diggs is now stepping up to a, a new level um, with with Josh Allen. Yeah, so it's probably not going to reach that. But yeah, this this year will be a big year for Judy, certainly. I know Matt touched on it as well. The, the wide receiver class from last season was amazing. So you, you, you read it as it could be like the wide receiver four from last year and you get a little bit down. But if you actually look at it, a wide receiver four last year is like a wide receiver one some years. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, we, 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 I think we're all in agreement that Judy's a definite buying dynasty. So that brings us to the end of the dynasty buy section. We're now going to move on to the dynasty sells. So Ali, who's the first guy you want to sell in dynasty? So I, I said I was going to bring the heat. So this is a, a <laughs> bit of a controversial one. It's, it's, it's Jalen Hurts. Get in! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> newly installed Eagles quarterback. Um, I must say I'm I'm not as big on Hertz as most of the community. So so his his ADP is currently the QB fourteen, which I think is a bit scary, which is ahead of got Baker May, Mayfield, Tannehill and, and Tua. Um all three guys I'm pretty pretty big on. Preach. Uh, so last last season he was he was decent for fantasy when he came in. Not so much your Eagles. Um <laughs> I, I picked him up really cheap uh, during the season and he, he actually ended up winning me three championships. So I can't complain <laughs> about him. <laughs> uh, he was the QB7 for, for the four weeks to, to close out the season, 14-17, which is, which is really good because he has that rushing ability. Um, he, he rushed for 272 yards in those four games, which is actually pretty impressive. Um, and now with the Eagles trading back to 12, uh, they're probably not going QB this year. Um, but but really, if you, if you look in terms of what the Eagles are seeing um, outside of fantasy, five passing touchdowns and six interceptions, just it's not good enough. Um, they probably might look to move on. Sort of maybe in twenty twenty two, they picked up an extra first round pick. Um, and then when you look at his current receiving core at the minute, Greg Ward, 
Jalen Rager, <laughs> Travis Morgan. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's going to be helped like that either. Uh, so, yeah, his ADP at the minute is, is scary. So, if someone offers me decent, you know, whack for him, I'm selling all day long. Yeah, um, I'm definitely on board with this one, Ali, and I know Kev will be as well. We're definitely not big fans of, of, of Hurts. <laughs> um, yeah, you've just mentioned it. He obviously did show a promise, especially from a fantasy point of view in the, in those last five games. Um, he's got obviously that, that rushing flow that we all absolutely crave as, as fantasy players. It's, it's something we're always looking to target when it comes to quarterbacks, just to give you that, that nice safe flow. But you just mentioned it with the ratios of interceptions to, to passing touchdowns. It's, it's, it's putting a bit of risk attached to him now. Um, obviously the Eagles as well. They have just traded back from pick six to pick, pick 12, but they acquired a 2022 first in, in that trade. So we're talking about a one year. Prove it or lose it. I think with, with Hertz, they've got that extra first. They've got that firepower then to to either they're going to have an early pick anyway from how they perform, or they're going to use those two picks to to move up and grab a quarterback for me. So yeah, that's the, the thing that that really worries me in terms of dynasty. Um, the Eagles as a whole, they seem to be heading towards a bit of a, a rebuild. So as I say, I, I don't think they're going to have a, a great win ratio in twenty twenty one, and for that reason, I think they're going to get an early pick and. And with that, look to, to address the need at quarterback. Um, it's going to be fine, I think, in, in 2021. Uh, obviously, they brought in Joe Flacco behind him. But I just think it's it's Hurts' job, I think, for, for 2021. So, talking from redraft, I think it's probably a great target in redraft. But from Dynasty, with that ADP of QB14 that you, you've just mentioned, I'm, I'm definitely jumping off while there's still hype there. You, you mentioned a few guys before him. Uh, me and Kev obviously big fans of Tua so yeah if I can flip Hurts for Tua I'm, I'm doing that in a heartbeat um, so yeah well, what would you value him then if we're talking super flex rookie picks what 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 do you think his value is in those picks um, well I actually probably made the, the best deal I've ever done in the off season shortly after the season I flipped him for the 102 so I'm pretty, <laughs> pretty happy about that I don't think you can get that now for him but but if you can get him for the to 103, 104, if you can pick one of them rookie quarterbacks, yeah. Lance or Wilson or Fields, I'm definitely, definitely doing that right now. Yeah, I, I'm guessing you could you could realise by my conservative reaction that I'm fully on board <laughs> with this one as a Jalen Hurts a dynasty sell. Um, like Matt said, QB 14 is crazy. It's, uh, he's going at an average pick of 28, which is an early round of three guy in your startups, which... For someone with so little job security, is it's, it's unreal. Um, I said it last month, I'll say it again. Taking him anywhere around this ADP is a bad process. The warning signs are there even without Wentz. I had him at a 50-50 chance of starting. Uh, and like Matt said, it, it is likely improved that he does stay now uh, after the Eagles traded back. But this is a team that were heavily rumoured to be trading up to take QB in the draft. Um, it's such a poorly run franchise, it wouldn't surprise me if Harry Roseman is actually trying to trade back up again because he doesn't have a clue what's going on. Um, I do think Kurtz will be, I do think he'll be great for fantasy when he does start, but there's no way he keeps that job longer term beyond this season for me. I see him firmly under the guillotine. So um, if you have Hurts in existing leagues, how would you approach trading him away? Uh, is there any specific players or types of trades you'd be looking at from now moving forward? So I would quite happily take him, uh, trade him for one of the, the guys around his ADPs, like a Baker Mayfield or a Tannehill, any day. Um, I'd probably 
not stick him on the trade block. That's not, to me, the best tactic of the minute. It's, I'd probably approach a, t- a team that's in a rebuild, wanting a, a young a QB. Maybe he's got an older guy. Um, and I'd probably target someone like a, a Matt Stafford. If you can get Stafford for, for Hertz, then I'm, again, I'm going to do that every day. What's your thoughts on getting rid of Hertz, Matt? How, how would you go about it? You're a bit of a trade wizard, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, but um... yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky! You set me up for that, didn't you? <laughs> you know, I've been modest, and you're just going to shoot me down. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's enough hype around him at the minute that you you probably can trade him quite easily. But if not, I'm probably just going to hold him for a little bit, let him make a, a start to the season. I think he's going to make a a solid start to the season, as we've just mentioned, with that rushing floor, people are going to see it. They're probably going to completely forget about the fact that he could leave at the end of the of the 2021 season. So let him make that good start. And then just think about targeting somebody that maybe doesn't make a, as, as good a start as Hurts. So if you can, we, we keep mentioning it, but if, if two is around that ADP and he makes a slow start uh, with the weapons that he's going to get in, in Miami, um, I'm making that trade 10 out of 10 times. So... Yeah, if you if you can't make the move in the off season, I won't panic too much. I'd just let him let him make the start to the season. I expect him to be to be solid, and then and then look to move him on mid season. Yeah, I just want to thank you, Ollie, for that bit of advice about the trade block. That's where I'm going wrong in the league. I've got hurts. I just <laughs> um, just stick him on the trade block and then take him off a week later and try it again. But no, nobody seems to bite him, so I'll have to be a little bit smart. I think in that league and. Do you not um, do you not know that trade block means that means you just don't want this player on your team? And you just <laughs> want to give him away for free. I think that's what the, the trade block means. Uh, it does in most leagues, doesn't it? You just get <laughs> nothing or low ball offer. So it's uh, I don't think it's used how it should be. But yeah, that's uh, that's another another moan of mine, I guess, <laughs> as a really cheerful chap, grumpy old man. <laughs> uh, speaking of me moaning, I might be moaning at this next one as well. Who's oh. your next dynasty cell, uh, Ali? Oh dear. Yeah, it's the, <laughs> can I start by saying I am a massive fan of this player as well? Um, and I, I own, own him a lot of places. Uh, but it's, uh, it's John DeAndre Swift uh, from the Lions. Um, and I just think his current, his hype is, is out of control at the minute. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he's, um, he's the RB6 in, in startup Superflex ADP, which is which is ahead of the likes of Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Derek Henry, and Antonio Gibson, who I'm very, very high on. Um, he had a very good rookie uh, rookie season, um, finished as the RB18. Um, so, that, so that was good. Um, we've got Jared Goff coming in, uh, who, who does like to dump a pass off, doesn't he? Uh, so, I mean, he could, he could target Swift a lot. And, I mean, they've not exactly got the best pass catchers on the team now, have they? Um, but they did also add Jamal Williams, who I think is a decent, very decent uh, pass catcher. I was actually, I was actually annoyed that the Bucks didn't try and sign him. There was rumours that we were, we were targeting him um, before we brought in playoff Lenny. Um, but yeah, so the reason for, <laughs> the reason for the the sell for me is just his current current ADP. Um, I think the hype is a bit out of control. Uh, I actually managed to, to flip Swift. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and I got Acres and the 104 in the Superflex, um, which was uh, it was two aligned nice. and yeah. yeah, it was an offer I couldn't refuse. That, that made me think: is is he now a sell this year? Um, so yeah, with with the 104, I'm probably getting Acres plus a Chase or or a Pitts or or one of the QBs. Um, so my question: if if an offer like that came your way, Kev, 
What would you say? <laughs> yeah, Kev. <laughs> no, honestly, like obviously, I'm wearing blue, which sort of matches uh, <laughs> the, the Lions. Um, I think you did absolutely right selling him at that price. If you get in a guy that's, I have I have Acres and Swift pretty close. I do have Swift slightly above. I actually have him at running back six, and I'm pretty wild on him. So to see that the consensus there, it's pretty shocking to me. I thought he'd be maybe around about the 10 spot. But if you can get a guy, Akers, who's ranked 7th in my rankings, plus a guy that's a, a high first-rounder chase, he's probably, probably a wide receiver one, potentially, already in Dynasty, if you're looking at what Jefferson's done. If you're getting Akers and a wide receiver one in Dynasty, it's, it's a no-brainer. I'd be, I'd be doing exactly the same. I'm sure Matt would as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as it doesn't matter, you can love any player. I think every player's got the price, aren't they? And, and for that value, I think you've you got great value. Kev just mentioned it. I've obviously got Acres a little bit below Swift, but if you can then throw in one of these stud rookies on, on top of Acres, then it's a no-brainer. So, yeah, I can, I can get on board with that trade, but as a, as a take of, of selling Swift, Ali, I'm sorry, but you, you're going to need some more persuasion power to, to get me to part ways with, uh, with okay. DeAndre Swift. <laughs> um, I do I do get the reasoning behind it. Um, obviously, you just mentioned that the offense is downgraded now, uh, Stafford moving on. Uh, Marvin Jones and superstar Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay, obviously, obviously leaving town. There's, there's potential risk there w- with somebody like Swift, but I still think he's one of the top fantasy RBs, RBs to own. Um, yes, obviously, you just mentioned Jamal Williams signing, but honestly, I, I don't see it being too much of a, of a harm to Swift. I mean, we were, we're never expecting Swift to, to have every single down, play every single down, were we? So, so I can understand why they brought somebody in like Williams. He's, he's a very good running back. He's, he's arguably good at a lot of things, but I just think he's, that. he's, he's just good at a lot of things, maybe not great at, at a lot of things either. So, and, and if anything were to happen to Swift, I think we mentioned it a, a few shows ago, Kev, that if anything were to happen to Swift, I think he's a, an ideal guy to, to fill in for Swift just because he has that, that pass-catching ability and also he's a, a solid runner. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Ali, but I, I, I can't part ways with Swift. He's, he's 22 years old and we know he's a true three-down workhorse. He's proven that he can run the ball. Um, he had nearly... 900 yards from from scrimmage in last season and I was obviously playing behind um, Adrian Peterson for a large part of that season as well so it just goes to show the talent that he's got he, he, 46 receptions in 2020 um, it just shows that he's, he's a great pass catcher as well as a, a runner of the ball um, and I can only see that that volume increasing with obviously the, the things we just spoke about with the, the weapons not being great um, Goff coming in as well I just think he's going to get a really nice workload in, in, in 2021. So I, I can't be moving off him just yet. But um, yeah, who would you looking to be acquired then, uh, acquiring then, Ali, if you were going to going to move Smith? You just mentioned that one trade, but is there any other any other running backs maybe that, that are around that kind of ADP that you'd, you'd move him for? Uh, probably it'd be someone like an Akers or a Gibson, uh, Dobbins. Uh, I'd probably need, you'd need something on top of that. I've got Swift ahead of all those three. Yeah. Um, but if, if I had something on top of those three, I'd be more than happy to move them. I've had plenty of offers already this year of people trying to move on Dalvin Cook and Derek Henry to me straight swap. And I'm <laughs> I'm not interested in, in letting go of uh, a Swift for, for those two older older backs. But someone, you know, like the Gibson Acres, Dobbins mould plus is, is probably what I'd be looking to move him for. I think the other one's pretty interesting. I know I'm a bit wild on Swift, but um, 
Uh, that's just my opinion, anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do. I do have my Ali coming on on the show and um, <laughs> flaming one of our favourite dinosaur players. I think um, I, I do get the thought process behind yeah. uh, it being a rebuilding franchise uh, that the battered uh, rotational back was pretty decent in Mister Mermaid himself, Jamal Williams. Uh, but yeah, as you already know, I'm, I'm waiting to Swift. He looked so good as a rookie. Uh, on one of the poorest teams west of Philadelphia, actually. So I think the key thing for me is his pass usage. He, if he can hold off Jamal Williams, I think he's going to he's gonna fly. Um, he was the highest targeted rookie running back on a game-by-game basis last season. Uh, and as you touched upon, the new QB for the Lions, Jared Goffey, utilizes a short pass game frequently. He was 34th in air yards and also his... 32nd ranked deep completion is a poor fit for the new wide receivers, Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams. Plus, you've got the addition of Anthony Lynn, who featured Austin Eckler to be on pace for back-to-back 100 target seasons. Um, so, yeah, with, with the Lions life getting panned most weeks and one of the poorest wide receiver cars in the NFL, I can see Goff firing passes to Swift like a machine gun. Um, I don't think a 90 to 100 target season will be out of the question. So, it is clear we're slightly different on our views of Swift. Uh, what I want to know from you, Ali, is where does he actually sit in your dynasty rankings compared to the veterans? You mentioned a few guys like uh, Nick Chubb around him. Is uh, Where does he sit in regards to the veterans? Uh, he's my he's my RB7, um, my dynasty RB7. So I've got him, I've got him nice and high. Uh, he's in the same tier as Chubb, Akers and Gibson for me. Um, so I've got Jonathan Taylor in tier one, and then I've got um, like it. <laughs> I've got J.K. Dobbins one tier down. Um, so if if someone offered me Dobbins, I need a bit more to to part with Swift. Um, yeah, nice one. Anything to add, Matt? Have you have you calmed down now? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've settled out a bit. Now. I've got over that initial shock, and uh, I can, I can honestly, I can understand the, the reasoning. I think Kev, you just mentioned another point as well with with Anthony Lynn coming in as the as the OC. I think he's a a coach that's primarily used a committee. Obviously, we've seen it in in Denver. Uh, sorry, in, with the Chargers, um, with Melvin Gordon and Eckler. So I can I can I can see the the concerns, but I just think when you've got somebody at that talent level. It was just showing he can do it all. I just can't buy into the fact that they're not going to give arguably the best offensive weapon that they've got. Why would they not give him the ball as much as possible? Yeah, I think for me on this one, the Swift's not a sell, but he is a sell at the right price. So yeah. he is my RB five. I love that. So wow, I'm that's even higher than me. Yeah, yeah, I am. I've got I'm going above Cook, Acres, and 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 Zeke. So. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm very high on Swift. So I 100% wouldn't sell him, but I would sell him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everybody's a sell. Everybody's a sell. Exactly, and uh, that brings us nice on to our, uh, the next sell that Hal is going to give us in Dynasty. So again, it's a 2020 rookie. Uh, it's, it's Chase Claypool uh, from the Steelers. And again, a lot of people might be scratching their heads thinking, why are you selling a guy with so much upside? Uh, but again, and it's another guy that I really like, um, and I'm not exactly wanting to sell every share I've got of him. But again, it's just it's just selling to the hype. Um, a lot of people have got him probably higher than what I have. 
Um, he, he had a decent a decent season in 2020. Uh, nine touchdowns, which was really nice. Finished as a, the wide receiver 24, um, which was on on that loaded offense is is pretty impressive. Um, his current ADP is is the wide receiver 22, um, which is in the same area as as his teammate Deontay Johnson, uh, who are massively high on. Uh, Cortland Sutton and and Mike Evans are in the same area. Um, my only concern is is Big Ben's arm. Uh, Will it last the season? He was fine last season, but it's another year on. There was talk from retiring, but he came back uh, for another shot. Um, and in terms of the, the Steelers wide receivers, I'm not the biggest Juju fan, um, but he was he's re-signed for this year. Um, and again, I can see him probably doing quite well again in this offense uh, and then giving him a big contract in, in 2022. Um, so they're, they're always going to have them three wide receivers. So to me, Claypool's ceiling is just a bit capped. I've got Deontay Johnson as being the alpha. I see him as the best receiver on the team. Um, so he's the guy that I want to. I have all, all the shares of, and I want to buy the shares of. Um, so yeah, I just struggle to see Claypool's you know massive upside. Um, so for me, it's the case of I want to sell now um, while he's the hype is there and his value is really high. Yeah, I'll have to be honest, I'm, I'm 50-50 on this one, Ali. Um, as you just mentioned, coming off that huge rookie season, wide receiver 24, uh, just under 900 receiving yards and then 11 touchdowns as well. It's obviously fantastic for, again, talking of a, a, a rookie wide receiver that's that's having that kind of production. It's it's pretty unheard of. So, yeah, it, it, fantastic start to the year. He's obviously a, a big guy, six foot four, 227 pounds. Definitely going to be a great red zone threat, I think, for for Big Ben. But you just mentioned, obviously, Juju re-signing. That's going to be added um, competition and, and targets are obviously going to go to Juju. So that is a concern. Um, I also expect Pittsburgh to go back to more of a, a run-first team in 2021. I know that they have brought Juju back, but I fully expect him to to grab a running back in this in this rookie class. Um, the total pass attempts in 2019 was 31.9, which was 26 in the NFL. And then that went up to 42.6 in 2020, which was first. So that just goes to show it's not something that we're really that used to from, from the Steelers. They have always been a, a bit of a run first offense. So I just think they was forced into to passing the ball a lot more last year. Um, with obviously James Conner not really performing at running back. Um, they've definitely got a big hole at, at running back. So. Yeah, I see him going back to, to to run it a little bit more, and that's obviously going to affect all the pass catches. Uh, but like you, I'm I'm huge on huge on Deontay Johnson. He's probably the one guy out of those three wide receivers in Pittsburgh that that I'd want to own. I have him in a lot of a lot of leagues. So yeah, I, I think I am actually on board with with them as a sell while that hype is there. Obviously, everyone's loving this 2020 class that's that's just come out and how they've all performed. I think it only makes sense to to take a little bit of advantage of that hype. Um where where do you rank Claypool amongst that 2020 wide receiver class? His ADP is the wide receiver five currently um behind Jefferson, Lamb, Higgins and Ayuk. Um do you agree with that or would you maybe have him a little bit lower? Yeah, no, I've got him as a wide receiver five. Uh, pretty close to Ayuk. <clears throat> I'm not the biggest Ayuk fan, but I can see he's is upside, um, and then I've actually got two wide receivers pretty close behind again in Judy and, and Michael Pittman, who I'm who I'm high on. Um, so yeah, in terms of the 23 rookies, I can see Judy and Pittman taking a significant rise this season, um, and and possibly Claypool 
staying at the same level, I don't see the massive upside while they've still got the other two receivers in town. Um, so, yeah, again, he's he could fall behind them at this this time next season. Yeah, I think I think Claypool's another guy I really like, although you're not alone in, in fading him. Um, I've seen plenty of people throwing shade on him, especially after the Juju re-signing. Um, I'm not a big fan of Claypool's moaning after the playoff defeat to the Browns or the video of him booting some dude in a bar fight either. Um, I think on the field he had a mightily impressive rookie season, though, even with Big Ben's 60-year-old arm. Um, it might be a 70-year-old arm next season, which would be bad news, definitely. And you have got to worry about who does come in there and be the QV, hopefully not Dwayne Haskins. Um, but yeah, even last season, he was third in deep targets and ninth in A yards with Big Ben. Uh, he's also fifth in touchdowns and tenth in hog rate, which shows an ability for the big play and also usage when he's on the field. Uh, whilst I do agree his expectations for 2021 did take a hit, I do love his rookie season and I'm buying into talent long-term with the diverse ways that he does win. Um, I can see a clear pathway of him being a DK Metcalf-type asset in Dynasty. Um, for me, he's 100% by low um, at his current ADP of wide receiver 22. I do think it will drop even further with the Juju news. Um, what I want to ask you, Ali, is uh, just... On his teammate, Deontay Johnson, you mentioned your highest on him in your dynasty rankings. Um, where, whereabouts do you have Deontay in your ranks? I think I have him at 17, 17 or 18, around that range. Um, yeah. And I've got Claypool down at 22, I think. So it's about five or six spots uh, underneath Deontay. Yeah, I know Deontay's ADP at the moment is wide receiver 21, is he? Is he beating ADP for you as well, Matt? Yeah, I think I'm like Ali. I've got um, Deontay Johnson. I can't remember the exact number, but I think I've got him around 19, somewhere like that. And then Claypool, I think I've got 21, 22. So just a, a few spots behind like Ali. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I fully agree. I think Deontay Johnson's probably the guy I, I like the most out of out of these. Um, it's surprising that we're, we're fading Juju, though. I mean, he made a fantastic start to his career. Um, obviously, not had a great year last year, but um, I think he had a really solid second half of the year. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. As, as we just said, if if they do go to to run it a little bit more, it's it's going to be really interesting to see who, who becomes the the main target and and just how many targets do get shared around. I'm just gutted that Juju resigned because oh, no. before the news, I, I had. Uh... I'll, I'll I'll make a confession. I had uh, Deontay Johnson and Claypool right around the wide receiver one cusp in Dynasty. Been going back to back twelve wow. and thirteen. Tasty. Um, I've not changed my rankings yet because it's uh, it's very sad for me. But um, <laughs> when, when I do put it all back in and Juju's uh, back in Pittsburgh, I can see them um, all around a similar range. All three of them actually very close. Um, I still still believe in Juju long term. I guess the only Saving grace with Juju is he avoided the Ravens. That would have been dreadful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of dreadful players, this is one of Matt's <laughs> uh, least favourite players in the yeah. NFL that we've got as your next <laughs> dynasty sale, Hallie. It, yeah, so we haven't visited the tight end position yet. So I've, I've gone Logan Thomas for Yes. From yes. <laughs> and uh, he came from nowhere last season. Um, so in six previous seasons, he's not even broke the top 50. Um, and then he finished 
obviously had the stellar season, finishes the, the tight end three uh, joint with with Robert Tunyon. So it just shows you where he came from and, and where he got to. Um, it, was, it was extremely impressive. Um, he started off slowly, uh, but for the back end of the season, weeks 12 to 17, he was the tight end three, got 42 passes and, and scored three touchdowns. So in a, I tend to find in, in Dynasty that recency bias is means quite a lot and people are thinking that he's still a de- really decent player with, with upside. Um, his, his current ADP is the tight end 11, which is ahead of the likes of, of Henry, uh, Tunyon and Cole Komet, who's someone I'm quite high on. Um, so the, re- the reason to sell for me is I don't really see him as that upside tight end, especially given his age. He's 29 years old now. Um, so, yeah, I think he just took advantage of a poor situation last year. There wasn't many people to throw to apart from Terry McLaurin. So he got a lot of the workload. Um, and, and now they've obviously added Curtis Samuel, again, a player that I'm, I'm high on. Yeah. And actually, uh, and also Adam Humphreys, who he was productive when he was at the Buccaneers. He's, he's a very reliable receiver underneath. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all out on uh, Logan Thomas. Uh, yeah, Logan Thomas. If someone can offer me a decent, decent amount for him, I'm selling all day long. Yeah, I, th- I thought we nearly lost you, Ali. I thought we were going to have to cut you off the pod straight away with that swift tape, but we've got you back. We've got you back on board now with Thomas, one hundred percent. And I absolutely love you for for bringing this one up. Um, yeah, I've I've been preaching it all off season. I've just got these Tyler, Taylor Higby vibes from from Logan Thomas. I'm. I've just I'm not buying it at all. He's coming off as you say that tight end three finish in 2020, but it was it was massively down to I think that huge opportunity that he had in Washington, as you said, with those limited pass catches. Um, it was a tight end. It was third in tight end targets at 110, um, and made a, a really average start to the season. In all honesty, it was the tight end 17 uh, through those first 12 games. So, and that was despite having 60 targets as well. So it just goes to show it was. It was volume based, and he wasn't even really producing at the start. But yeah, he did turn it on in the in the end of the season. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. But but so did Tyler Higby. So I'm 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 not going to get excited. I'm definitely not going to fall for this one again. That is for sure. Um, Thirty years old in in 2021. You just mentioned that the weapons at Washington have brought in Curtis Samuel and, and Adam Humphreys to a to a lesser extent. He's he's not going to get those levels of of opportunities. I don't believe and. Uh, and baking, obviously, the fact that he's the um, I'm, I'm so far off off Tyler Bear, um, off um, see, I'm even saying Tyler Bear, um, Logan Thomas. I, I'm just, I want no part of him at all. Um, and that ADP of, of tight end eleven, it's it's laughable. I mean, if I can capitalize on that and grab a younger tight end, um, someone like Irv, Irv Smith, I'm high on Dallas Goddard. They're both guys that are around that ADP. If, if I can move in for somebody like that. I mean, all day long, I'm, I'm making those kind of moves. Um, where does this sit in your tight end rankings, Ali? And, and what other veterans would you would you trade him for? Uh, so for me, he's, he's the tight end 15. But again, I could even move him further down. Um, so he's he's in the same sort of tier as is Cole Komet, Evan Ingram, and and Robert Tunyon. But I think I've probably got him a bit too high. Um, so I'll, I'll trade him for it for any of those guys. Um, someone like an Irv Smith would be incredible if you could just flip him for him. Um, or Dallas Goddard, someone like that. Uh, or, or a young guy, so we Cole Komet, 
Adam Troutman or, or even like sort of Harrison Bryant, if you can get some picks on top of him, I really think he's a, he's a guy that could break out in a couple of years' time. Um, and whereas Logan Thomas is going in the opposite way in terms of value. Yeah, I think he's an interesting one, is Logan Thomas. I can see. He's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> <laughs> I see the idea behind selling him with last year being his career year easily. Um, He's a volume guy, isn't he? He was third in the league with 110 targets at tight end spot. Um, and like I said, with the additions of Curtis Samuel and Adam Humphreys, I don't see that same volume in 2021. Uh, these are two guys that see a ton of slot usage, which uh, Thomas was the tight end one in slot snaps in 2020. Uh, the flip side is Fitzmagic. Uh, there's a well-known saying, a rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, he is clearly a big upgrade on Alex Smith and Dwayne Askins. Um, also, you've got to think about tight end as a whole. You don't have to be amazing to be a tight end one. So the way I'm approaching Thomas is that I'm fine with him as a low-end starter in existing leagues. But if he is on my bench, I will be looking to move him for the higher upside guys you mentioned, like uh, Kmet and Troutman. Uh, but in startups at tight end 11, I'll be avoiding him completely. He's in that wasteland in the middle of drafts where outside of that top three and Kyle Pitts, I think you can put the position and take darts later on in your drafts. So, obviously, 2020 was a huge breakout from Logan Thomas. Who would be your prediction for this year's breakout tight end? Uh, so, to me, it's probably someone like an Adam Troutman. Uh, Cole Komet, I was high on last season, and I think he's going to be in for a big year this year, but more people are in on him now. And uh, and Harrison Bryant, I think possibly not this year, but but maybe 2022. Um, but my answer would probably be Adam Troutman. Uh, currently, I think he's in line for a decent a decent rise in decent 2021. Dan Arnold, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I think we, we mentioned him last, Gerald Everett, I think he's got a definite shot of, yeah. of potentially being a, a breakout in, in 2021 with that opportunity he's got. So, yeah, that would be, be one guy. Can, can we have Irv Smith as well? I know he's getting a little bit of height around him now, obviously, um, with Kyle Rudolph moving, but I think his upside is, is huge as well. So, yeah, both of those guys I like in 2021. Or Tyler Conklin. Woo! Mm, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see how that one plays out. I've not done uh, done too much research, but I know a few uh, few true people in the community have been pumping up Tyler Conklin's the guy at cost. So, we will see how that one plays out in time. It could be a bit of a wild card, you, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> So that brings us nicely onto the next section. We finished on the Dynasty Cells from Ali, and now we're going to look at the wild card. So uh, the fantasy wild card, it's uh, where we get our guests to pick out one player they believe will be their fantasy wild card, a player that will improve their dynasty value the most in 2021. Obviously, Ali is the guest today, but he's also a uh, future co-host as well. So um, just throwing out there that he's not just a guest, he is more and a guest to us here yeah. at Fantasy Wildcard. <laughs> so, Ali, who's your Fantasy Wildcard, please? So, it's uh, it's a, a lucky uh, wide receiver who's getting a bit of a QB upgrade this year. So, he had the likes of Jake Luton, Mike Glennon and Gardner Minshew thrown in the ball last year. And now he's getting Trevor Lawrence. It is LaVisca Chanel. Um Yes. I think if we if we look on this same time next season, I think his his value would have shot up from where it is right now. Uh, he's currently the wide receiver thirty seven in ADP, which I think is 
is far too low. I think there's so much upside to him. Um, and we saw that towards the end of last season. Uh, he was wide receiver 16 through the last five weeks, scoring four touchdowns. Um, and you just got to look at his versatility. He, he can be used as a rusher. He can take the ball anywhere. Um, so in a creative offense, uh, the sky's the limit. And you've got Urban Meyer coming in. So I'm excited to see how that plays out with with LaVisca. Um, and yeah, I just think with with Lawrence coming in his first rookie season, I think they're going to want to get the ball in the hands of of LaVisca Chenault, see what he can do and take the pressure off Lawrence. Uh, so I really think the sky's the limit this season um, for, for Chenault. Yeah, definitely agree with this one, Ali. Um, as you said, he's, he's shown flashes, including that strong finish to the year as wide receiver 20 from week 14 onwards. And as you mentioned, with Urban Meyer coming in, he's had a, obviously a hugely successful career as a college head coach um, with Ohio State. So coming in, and as you mentioned, with Trevor Lawrence most likely being the, the starting quarterback, I think all the signs are pointing towards somebody like Chanel having a great year. You've mentioned his, his playmaking ability, both as a receiver, but also as a, a rusher as well. I think that's going to play into the strengths of what this, this offense is going to offer in 2021 and I think they're just going to look to get the ball in his hands as, as often as possible um, I think the one thing that probably holds him back in Dynasty is that injury history he's obviously had numerous injuries in college um, missed a few games as well in 2020 um, but apart from that I mean as you just mentioned the sky's the limit for somebody like Chanel and that ADP of wide receiver 37 I think he can easily outproduce that and wouldn't be surprised at all to, to see him be well up there in the in the finishing positions at wide receiver. So what what do you think his, his ceiling is in 2021? And uh, do you think he can outproduce DJ Chark? Yeah, I think he probably, his ceiling is probably that sort of mid to low end wide receiver too, maybe even higher. Um, and I think he, he definitely outperforms DJ Chark. I've never been his biggest Ooh, fan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I think his time is up in, uh, in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. I think the Visca is is the wide receiver of the future. There, um, he's he's so versatile, and I think in that creative offense that's coming in, I think he can probably finish as a wide receiver too. Yeah, this is an awesome pick, Ali. I love this one. Um, I think Chenault fits the definition of wildcat perfectly, and um, I know you threw threw a bit of shade on this guy earlier, but I can easily see a Brandon Ayuk type rookie season incoming from in twenty twenty one. Um, I do think it is fair to, a fair question to ask if it's Chanel or Chark already, and I'd definitely be taking Chanel over Jack, even straight up. Um, our most listened to show is the DJ Chark bait show that we uh, <laughs> that we had at the end of last season where we completely faded Chark, so um, it's, it is nice that we all align on that one. Um, there is also some big rumours that uh, Chark will be traded on draft day, and it was also close to being traded to the Ravens, which would have been hilarious. Um, <laughs> it, it was really solid with his opportunities as a rookie as well, was Chanel. He was wide receiver 26 in fantasy points per target. And like you both mentioned, you'd, you'd think that Trevor Lawrence gives him a better chance of success than uh, the Jags QB core of 2020. So Chanel's uh, clearly a guy with a ton of talent and potential. Where would he rank for you versus this incoming rookie class of wide receivers, Ali? So he'd probably be in that second tier, uh, second or third tier, obviously with with Chase being the the number one guy. Um, but then there's a big drop off. Uh, I've not, apart from Bateman, I'm not massively high on on any of them. I think in the right 
landing spot that they can they can do the business but he'd probably be in that sort of tier two um tier two for me in the the 2021 rookie wide receivers how about you matt you're a, a top devy guy aren't you <laughs> am i <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> oh, thanks um yeah i think that's probably fair yeah um I think Jamar Chase is, is out on his own easily in this class. Um, but yeah, guys like uh, Waddle, um, Bateman, you just mentioned, Randall Moore, that kind of area. I think, yeah, that's that's probably right where I'd have him. I think when you're talking about guys that you think are going to break out in a coming season, it's usually going to either be through improved quarterback play or opportunity. I think Chenault's getting them both. So fully on board with this one. Definitely somebody I'm looking to acquire in Dynasty. Fantastic. We've ended the show on a high where we all agree. <laughs> wow. We had a little rough patch in the, in the middle, but we, we, we got there in the end. <laughs> yeah, team Chenault was, aren't we? So, um, so yeah, that's the, that brings us to the end of the show now where we've discussed Ali's post-free agency dynasty buys and sells, plus his fantastic wildcard selection of LaVisca Chenault. So um, just want to thank you for coming on the show and for joining Fantasy Wildcard as well. Obviously, we knew that you're a smart dude beforehand and you've you've backed that up today you've given us some great takes you've uh, you've stood your ground you've been brave um <laughs> we've, we've loved having you on i've, I've uh, loved uh, interacting with you as well so um is there anything you'd like to share or plug with the audience no just you can hit me up on twitter the ff dynasty grill i'm always active uh send me a message or I'll, if you want me to share your content i will um, in terms of the the wild card going forward, I, I just can't wait to to see what we got going forward. And and thanks again for the opportunity. You're welcome. And yeah, there is a there's a few more a few more announcements on the horizon coming up as well. So um, yeah, we'll uh, keep following us, and I'm sure you'll see some exciting stuff in the near future. Probably this week, actually. Probably this weekend. Yeah. Um, anything from you, Matt? Um, you can't really say what's on the show sheet, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, anything from you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would usually say I just want to thank Ali for coming on, but obviously we've got him got him locked in now long term. So yeah, I'm just really happy to to get you on, Ali, and and have you a part of the team. And this show, I think, has been brilliant. I, I've loved it. So I'm looking forward to, to obviously us three going forward together and seeing what the future brings us. If he's not on next week, it's because uh, I'm not. <laughs> Not a great person to, to go on with, so uh, so yeah, just uh, just thanks for coming on and putting up with me. Uh, I know I can be a bit of a pain, so uh, just thanks for that, and and thank you for the audience uh, for tuning in. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard. We also have our Linktree site on our Twitter page, where you can find all of our podcasts and shows on YouTube. Again, please check it out and hit the subscribe. Um, Our next show is next Tuesday, the 6th of April, where we'll be analysing the Dynasty wide receiver landscape. Thank you once again. Have a good one. And we'll see you again soon. Cheers. See you later. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game. 